Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Good afternoon, Shifu. How are today? Good. Let's see. Who is new here today? Uh, uh, two of two of you. Take Kyung and I think Esther's mother, is it? Or is Dorin Dorlin Go? Oh, it's the same. Oh, okay. Ah. Are you how are you today? So what shall we do now? Today we have uh, an interesting topic. Today's topic is facing death without fear. Death is the only certain thing in life, and yet it is something which we are least prepared for. How do we face death peacefully? They say, there's a saying, uh, there are two things in life that is certain, death and taxes. <laughs> yeah, so not just death. Uh, some people face tax with fear also. <laughs> mm. uh, just the other day I was reflecting to a friend about how um, you know sometimes you get emails from uh, insurance companies from uh, from I don't know banks or whatever and then they tell you oh you know you should start uh, you should start um, planning for your financial wealth you know uh, when do you want to retire and now this quite popular to talk to, to have such emails sent out right yeah and then you will when you when you have this kind of when you have this kind of email, it's always in terms of decades, huh? They'll tell you, okay, uh, if you want to retire by uh, forty-five years old or fifty years old, yeah, enter the age, yeah, and then they will plot for you how many years you must save and then when you can retire, yeah. So. Uh, once in a while, there'll be this kind of email coming up. So I was reflecting to a friend the other day when I saw this email. I don't know how you all feel when you see these kind of emails. Yeah. Usually they'll tell you about some projection, right? You save $100 a month for 20 years. At the end of the, of the, of the 20 years, uh, how much uh, can you expect to, be, to have saved and then how close, how much closer you are to retirement. Yeah, they all, they all buy into it. Yeah, they all get excited. <laughs> that day when I saw that email, I don't know why, uh, but I thought 20 years, 20 years from now I'm 68. 
30 years, I'm 78. Just a few more years before I reach my statistical lifespan. <laughs> and I'm not even <laughs> sure whether I will reach that or not. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, in our day-to-day -day life, uh, much of our planning is planning how to live, you know? How many more years we can live? Yeah, we make an assumption. Yeah, and then we, we make plans. Of course, these two years, our plan become our plans become very simple. Yeah. In the past years, we plan. Oh, where shall we go to travel? Should we go to Bhutan or should we go to uh, Sri Lanka or should we go to Nagoya, yeah, or some other places. This two years very simple. Just plan to not die. <laughs> uh, this two years very simple. Uh, but today's topic: how to face death without fear. How many of you have fear for death? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of you, ten of you have fear for that. The rest of you didn't understand my question. <laughs> uh, if you are, if you have fear for that, that's quite understandable, huh? Yeah. Oh. Taekyung uh, says he, she has fear for death. Hey, how come your name is Taekyung today? Huh? <laughs> it's quite understandable. Taekyung is me, Siu Luan. I, I, I use. Yeah, I know you are Siu Luan, but how come today your name is Taekyung? Uh, I, I use his handphone. Oh, you use your husband's uh, handphone now. Yes, yes. Ah, okay. How are you today, Sulan? I'm I'm quite okay. Quite okay, huh? Uh. Yeah. Keeping you in prayers and dedication, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Shifu. Uh why do we fear death? If you, if you want to face death without fear, we need to understand why we have fear for death. Uh, let's get one thing out of the way, okay? Uh, the kind of painful death, okay? Uh, like accident, yeah? Like plane crash, huh? uh, like... Uh, Let's say war, die in a war, die in a car crash, plane crash. Yeah. The, the kind of death where maybe it feels painful. Huh? Huh? Let's get that out of the way. If you have fear for pain, in a way, I, I say quite understandable. Huh? I mean, 
the rest of you, you want to, you want to experience fear, uh, death in that way. I don't think anybody want that, right? Yeah. How many of you would like to like pass away in your sleep? Yeah. Like at night, you tell your family members, okay, mama want to go off already, huh? You all take care of yourself, okay? Yeah. Anything else you want to tell me? Nothing else? Sure. Any more questions? Oh, you got my pin number already. Okay, so no more question, huh? Okay. <laughs> then you say, okay, okay, then uh, let me sleep. Okay. Half an hour later, so okay. Oh yeah, still have the bottom. Yeah, then at night you you pass away peacefully. Huh? You pass away peacefully. Uh, will you be okay with that? If you pass away that way, will you have fear? No fear. And the trouble is, maybe you pass away at night, but you don't know that that's the last night. <laughs> yeah, the trouble is, most people don't know, you know. Yeah. The few times you know is when you die in an accident. Yeah. Oh. Uh, usually easier to know lah, because something gonna happen, then you're like, oh shit, gonna die. <laughs> you know, you're in a plane, then suddenly you, you hear, Tong! It's the captain speaking. Our, we are experiencing turbulence and we're, ah! <laughs> when you, you know, the captain usually speak in a very calm voice, right? This is the captain speaking. <laughs> we're experiencing a mild turbulence. <laughs> Yeah, but the captain is like, uh, we are, we are expecting some wow right for a while. Yeah, uh, but don't worry, we are going to clear it soon. Meanwhile, you're ah, <laughs> uh, what we think of as normal death usually, uh, come quite unexpected. Yeah, strangely enough, the unexpected death comes. When the unexpected death comes, you are quite clear you're going to die. <laughs> the expected, the, the, the death that we usually think is expected, we actually usually unexpect. <laughs> huh? So strange, huh? Like if you have, <clears throat> if you get to know when you're going to die, would you be better off with it? Probably not, lah. Uh, probably not now. So how? Give you a choice to know when you will die, you also don't feel good. Let you just die, surprise, thumb die. You also don't want. <laughs> you also don't. So how? Uh, this morning, I just shared on this actually. No easy way around it. Yeah uh reflect on the mortality of our life frequently i saw an article it says that in uh in bhutan a reflection on death is uh, is something that uh, they teach the young people the young kids yeah they teach the themselves uh since young 
to reflect on how our life is impermanent, to reflect on how we are subject to aging, sickness and death, to reflect on how we are not free from aging, sickness and death. Hmm. This is the Buddhist way. Now, just now, that is the preamble. That one is to warm you up. <laughs> that one is just warm, warming you up. Then, bam, <laughs> give it to you. Yeah, there's no, there's no second way around it. The Buddha is said to have seen aging, sickness and death, and then got so rebounded by it, he decided to find a solution for it. In the end, he didn't come back and say, oh, yeah, I found this magic pill. Yeah, where did this magic pill come from? Don't ask me. Here's the magic pill. You eat this magic pill, you won't die again. Yeah. Uh, but instead he says, but whoever is born cannot escape from aging, sickness and death. Until you free yourself from the craving and clinging onto birth, onto living itself, onto existence itself, until that day you're not free from aging, sickness, and death. And that's the simple solution. Yeah, the simple solution is uh, frequent reflection on that. Um, if we look at other suttas, the Buddha also say that those who spend their life indulging in sensual pleasure, not uh, doing anything good with their life, not doing anything wholesome with their life, and um, as they grow old, they start to uh, have fear, yeah, yeah, because then they 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 are going to lose uh, lose touch with the sensual pleasure. Yeah, as they and they feel growing old because when they grow old, they will not get to enjoy the five pots of sensual pleasure. And as death approaches, they also have fear because they cannot enjoy the five pots of sensual pleasure. Or at least they don't know what will happen. Huh? So instead, the Buddha said, if a person were to live their life meaningfully, yeah, uh, do good practice wholesomeness, yeah? uh, not indulge in the five courts of sensual pleasure, he has no fear for aging, sickness and death. He can be free of that fear. Further in other suttas, the Buddha says, if a disciple of the Buddha were to uh, practice the recollection, uh, the sixth recollection, then in this way, even when their life is threatened, uh, that they may face death, uh, they will be able to be at ease, at peace. Yeah, they will not have fear. What are the six recollection? Uh, recollection of the Buddha's qualities, recollection of the Dhamma's quality, recollection of the Sangha's qualities. Okay? We all just did that just now, you know? Ah. When you recited, 
So you consider, ah, for 10 years, you have changed yourself. And to the extent that you have changed yourself, to the extent you have received the benefit of the triple gem. Huh? Or maybe not, not 10 years. Maybe you just learn and practice for one year. Yeah? Two years or three years. Regardless of how many years or how many months you have learned, to the extent that you have changed yourself, to the extent you are assured, okay, this part is pure. Then the other parts that is not perfect yet, how? Uh, then reflect on the Buddha's teaching law, that according to that, the, the, there's, uh, according to the karma, yeah, nothing to worry about also. Yeah, you won't get more. <laughs> uh, you won't get more or less. <clears throat> but that's just the first three. Then the next three, actually I overlap already. Huh? The next three, yeah. So the fourth and the fifth uh, reflect on the, the practice of the precepts. Well, I mentioned just now. To the extent you have purified yourself, maybe you are not enlightened yet, but maybe precepts you have uh, practiced and you have overcome your bad habits, your behaviors, improve it, purify it. Yeah. Don't, don't worry that, oh yeah, Sufu, I haven't completed everything yet. How many of you completely perfect in your precepts already? <laughs> huh? uh, as long as you still have one breath, you can still work on it. Uh, must have the attitude. If you have, if you keep on thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, <laughs> I have so much flaws, I'm imperfect, I'm a sinner. <laughs> uh, uh, then, then you're going to feel miserable about yourself, you know. Yeah. Focus on what you can do, what you have done. Okay. And then number five, Focus on This is the uh, the practice of generosity. Yeah, reflect on how in the past maybe you're not so forthcoming. Yeah, and then as you learn the Dharma and you as you practice, you see from examples of others, you become more open-handed. You are willing to help your family, your friends. You care for them and even to strangers. Yeah, and you have within your own limits even your own ability, help where you can. Uh, to that extent, you have helped. To that extent, you are assured. Uh, the Buddha has said in various suttas, yeah, those who partake in such practices yeah, will partake in wholesomeness, in goodness. Yeah. Then lastly, with recollecting the qualities of the heavenly beings. He is not asking you to pray to some this God or that God. Uh. In Buddhism, uh, Deva Anusati, yeah, recollection of the gods, is actually recollecting how the Buddha has um, taught us to be reborn in the heavenly realm. Uh, they encompass wholesome qualities also. Yeah. And to reflect on how, ah, just as they have wholesome qualities and as a result of those wholesome qualities, they get reborn in the heavenly realms. Hey, those very wholesome qualities I embody in totality. <laughs> so what if the next moment I should die? I shall be reborn in the heavenly realm. Yeah. Not that we are craving for existence, uh, but 
if you are still not enlightened, then <laughs> if you are enlightened, then you don't have to worry. Huh? Why is death here for death? Right? Yeah. But so this number six, to recollect, even if fear should come, uh, death should come, no fear. No, no fear. So this is yet another way the Buddha has taught uh, us how we can uh, face our fear of death. But if you were to rewind all the way down to today, you know, down to this very moment, sometimes instead of worrying about the fear of death, yeah, or worrying about death, maybe we should work on something lesser first. You know, uh, work on something lesser first. Uh, like for example, some of us may have fear, have fear of dark, darkness. Yeah. Uh, do you have fear of darkness? Some of some of us still have, huh? uh, but don't don't be mistaken, okay? Uh, don't do not think that oh, I'm already an adult. How can I still have fear of darkness? I am so ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, you don't be surprised, huh? This is nothing to do with men or women. Some men also afraid of dark, you know. Uh, it's just that when there's a lady around, huh? Huh? You're afraid of dark? Why is that to be scared? Or walk in front. You know why they walk in front? They walk in front, nobody can see their frightened face. <laughs> and because you're behind, you, you, you are guarding the real muscle, so he can be brave. <laughs> uh, you never know. Yeah. Even if the person looks so calm, speaks so calmly, maybe inside the heart is full of fear. Yeah, but uh, this, this again, I want to cite the Buddha's uh, own, own experience. Uh. He said that when he was still, uh, when he was still practicing, there were times in when he was in the forest, whether he was doing sitting, he was walking, uh, he was standing. Yeah, he was that fear arise. You know, fear arise in the Buddha uh, before he attained Buddha. But when he was still a Bodhisattva, he was practicing fear arise. So his solution was don't move, don't change away from whatever he's doing. If he's sitting, he just maintain the sitting posture. If he's doing pacing, he continue pacing. If he's standing, he continues standing. He don't change his post posture. He don't go away from the place that he was, that fear arise. To me, this is a very important first step. Instead of jumping straight to, oh, let's conquer fear of death. Whatever small fear you have, yeah. Sometimes at home, maybe there's no one at home. You are the only one at home. Yeah. Maybe it's not even dark, but suddenly you have, you know, the the what you call that? The the tingling up your neck. Yeah. Then you think, hey, was there someone behind? Oh. Yeah. Sometimes we have this kind of fear, right? Uh, or maybe sometimes at night, in the middle of the night, you are doing your work, then suddenly you hear footsteps. <laughs> huh? Huh? Yeah. There was once, uh, I think it should be okay to say which, which center, uh, but actually nothing happened. Uh, so not, no problem. Yeah, I tell you all then, Next time you all go to that place, more exciting. Uh, uh, 
Huh? Is it okay? I think it should be okay. Huh? Yeah, so I was staying in the Buddhist library. So uh, when I was resident there, I got to stay on the third floor. So third floor, I think some of you heard this story before. Huh? It's quite exciting. Huh? So third floor, then there's the staircase behind, not the front staircase, the rear staircase. The rear staircase leads all the way to third floor and fourth floor. So rear staircase, then there's the, the lift landing. Then there's one door that leads to the staircase, one door that leads to a common area. Then in a common area, there is another staircase that go to fourth floor, and there's uh there's three rooms. Okay, two, one, two, two rooms. Uh, one room for the volunteers to keep all their barang barang, yeah, uh, where they do all the the, the sewing, uh, whatever, for the cushion, you know. Uh, then there's the pantry, and then there's the toilet. So one night, uh, I was in my room, and then I was, uh, I retired for the night already. So I was like sleeping, and then I heard the door outside, yeah, the door. That is separating the common area and the leaf. So I was like, ah, is it raining? So I just don't care. I just sleep. Yeah. As some of you may know, yeah, I have a special power, not psychic power, not ability to see far, listen far, read people's mind. I don't have all those kind of power. My power is to sleep. <laughs> My special power is sleep. Yeah. Close my eyes within maybe on a good day, maybe within one minute for sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can sleep easily. Maybe I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> but cannot be sleep deprived since young, right? Yeah. Even because when I was young, my, my parents are very strict. We have to sleep very early. But I lie down for sleep. So that night, I tried to sleep. I was not having difficulty sleeping, but it was just <laughs> you know. So I decided, okay, what is going on? Ah, make so much noise. Open the door, look up. No one outside. Then I close the door. Then after a while, <laughs> so open the door, go out. Then turn on the lights. Then observe again. Then I noticed, yeah, the door was rattling. Then I thought, I open the door to check whether there's anything or anyone outside the door. So I was uh, honestly expecting to see somebody or something. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I was like, come on, if you need to talk to someone, let's just sit down, you know, then we talk. Yeah. You need counseling, I can counsel. You want me to do some dedication for you, whatever. Don't don't make noise and then I cannot sleep, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay to talk to. You don't have to make noise. Huh? <laughs> so I open the door, there's no one more. So I thought, okay, never mind. Maybe you need some encouragement, you know. So I decided I close the door and then close it shut. Yeah, then then I make this uh, this thought. Okay, if it's some some of those, some spirits, then open the door. <laughs> Uh, don't make noise. I close it shut. I never lock the door. You open the door, come in, we sit down and talk. <laughs> then, but nothing. Eh. Yeah, the interesting thing is, 
the staircase landing, those of you who have been to this library, the staircase landing inside, right? The windows, there's some small windows. The windows are usually not open. So I don't know how, how the door is happening. <laughs> but don't care. Since you cannot, you don't want to open or cannot open, then I just go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So far, I don't know. Uh, this is my approach. My approach usually only I can use. Other people cannot use. <laughs> so, but the important thing is, if you have fear in your daily life, you must learn to face it first. See what happens if you face it. Ask yourself, what do you fear? Usually there's something that you fear, and then there's the outcome of facing it that you fear. So there are two fears actually, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just like death. There is the fear of death, which is you dying, and then the outcome of death, which is what happened after death. You know, so there are actually two fears. Don't think that there's only one fear, fear of death. There's actually two things here. We cannot, uh, how do you call that? By the time you, you, you are dead, it's a bit too late. Huh? Yeah, so to me, try to learn to face your daily fears first. Starting with when you meditate. When you meditate, sometimes we <clears throat> feel like moving. Sometimes we feel like opening our eyes. <clears throat> Do you all find that? Sometimes you feel compelled to open your eyes. Sometimes, of course, you open your eyes to check what time is it, uh, how long is it, only to find that five minutes have passed by. <laughs> yeah, You thought you sit for wow, at least 45 minutes, then you open your eyes, ah, four minutes, uh, what is that? It's only four to five minutes, not four to five minutes. But sometimes, I have some students who tell me, when they close their eyes, oh, they are filled with fear, you know? Yeah. So some of the meditation masters have actually highlighted this. So they say, um, one way to overcome it is, before you start meditating, um, make sure your room is clear. Yeah, It doesn't have any things hanging around like this and like that. Yeah, So that you have a clear impression of your surrounding. And uh, if possible, sit with you know, with something behind you, like the wall, okay? Don't sit with your back where people can walk behind you. Then it tend to create storyline for your mind. Uh. Uh, so before you start sitting, you take a good look at your, your room. Yeah, you know exactly where everything is. Yeah, then you start sitting. This can help remove a huge chunk of your fear. Because our fear is oftentimes uh, fear of some unknown, but triggered by what we have perceived unconsciously out there. You know? Yeah. So this is the advice I read from some uh, of the meditation teachers. Yeah. Some of the meditation masters, they advise. Of course, if you can, just face it straight on. And sometimes, just now I mentioned that when we are fearful, we tend to maybe open our eyes to take a look. This is still not so bad. Sometimes 
we are so afraid we don't dare to look. You know? Yeah. Whether we are meditating or when we are sleeping at night, then suddenly you hear a sound and then you 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 cover yourself with a blanket. Yeah. You look left and right. Then you cover, slowly cover, cover until you cover your whole head. You don't have to face it. Huh? Uh, so this is the other type of fear. Uh, <clears throat> if you can, uh, if you can uh, try to uh, ask yourself, don't just open your eyes uh, because what if you really see something, right? <laughs> open your eyes, then you see seafood. That would be scary. Uh. In the middle of night, in your room, then you see Sifu's face. The best thing is only Sifu's face. Just a face floating in there. <laughs> After this Dhamma talk tonight, half of the students are all having nightmares. <laughs> all of you seeing Sifu's face floating around. <laughs> jokes aside, jokes aside. Um, when you have such fears, ask yourself, uh, what could possibly be out there? Especially if you live in a country that is known for crime, sometimes the fear is a good thing. Uh, because maybe someone really intrudes into your house, you know? Yeah. In Singapore, statistically speaking, much lesser. Uh, uh, but as the uh, crime prevention campaign always say, Low crime rate doesn't mean no crime. Yeah, low crime doesn't mean no crime. Huh? So uh, ask yourself, what is, the, what is the different scenario? One, you open your eyes and there's an intruder trying to steal your things. Possible, yeah. Uh, two, maybe there's, uh, maybe there's an animal, yeah. Maybe a bird yeah, flying to your house. Maybe a cat, neighbor's cat somehow, yeah, climb across the window, yeah, ninja. <laughs> and then you wonder, eh, but I but I have my air content on. I close all the window. Eh, how did the, how did the cat come in? Uh, so you can slowly rule out the different possibility. Yeah. Uh, then maybe uh, you see. Oh, actually, it's just a lizard. The lizard making sound. Uh, or maybe worse, worst case. If I let you all choose which is worse, you open your eyes, you see a burglar, or you open your eyes, you see a ghost, which is worse for you How many of you would rather to have a burglar? Raise your hand. Or one, two, rather to have a burglar. How many of you rather have a ghost? Of course, when I say rather, it doesn't mean you want to have a, have a ghost. Huh? <laughs> but between burglar and ghost, okay? Let me repeat that. Huh? Between burglar and ghost, if you have to choose, which one of you rather to have a ghost? Well, you all are quite okay with ghosts. Huh? <laughs> you know, in the 80s, I think in the 80s, there was this Hong Kong actor. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he always played 
the role of the happy ghost, Kai Xingui, you know. And then I remember there was an interview. The, they interviewed him and asked him something. I think it was him. Uh, ask him, like, you, you, you portray ghosts in so many movies, you know. Uh, aren't you afraid of uh, ghosts like, coming to haunt you? You know what he said? He said, oh, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm more afraid of humans. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, since you are not afraid of ghosts compared to a burglar, then ask yourself, what's the chance of a burglar appearing in your house? What's the chance of a burglar appearing in the house? Is it high chance? Huh? Don't keep go by in your house. Huh? Print out in the A4 paper, paste outside your door. I don't have go by in my house. <laughs> then the, the burglars will keep will stay away. <clears throat> Don't waste time. Yeah. Uh, Chinese have an idiom for this. Albert <laughs> uh, and uh, and Albert, have you ever heard of this idiom? Can't remember the full story, but there was this guy who has some gold. Uh, no, silver, silver. Uh, in ancient China, gold is not the most, uh, most uh, sought after item. At, at some period of time in China, silver is actually more commonly used as currency. Yeah. So there was this guy with 300 tails of, uh, tail one, I don't know how, how big is one, how heavy is one tail, uh, but it's a unit of weight uh, of mass. So he, he has 300 tails of silver. So he thought, okay, he should put it somewhere. Then he, he changed from places to places, places to places, until he decided, ah, the safest way is he buried in the ground and then put a, put a signboard there. That in this place, in this spot, there's no 300 tail of silver. <laughs> in this way, then nobody will know. <laughs> of course, the next day when he wake up, all the silver gone. <laughs> China, China history is so long. Any kind of scenario you can think of, they have a story for it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, but uh, last thing I want to touch on this today's topic, okay? Also about ghosts. And it's also, I think, I don't know why recently I keep quoting Ajahn Chah, but I think it's Ajahn Chah. So there was this disciple who, I think Ajahn Chah or Ajahn Man, but he, uh, the disciple, Otun <coughs> uh, raised a hand. Did I see correctly? Or oh, not, not raised? Uh, just now raised? Uh, okay. So there's this student. He, he was having a series of nightmares. Yeah, he dreamt of a ghost who, who, who keep haunting his, uh, his uh, what you call it? Haunting his, uh, his dream, you know. So he kept on dreaming of a ghost. So he went to Ajahn Chah and asked, how, uh, how to... What should I do? Like, can you 
can you uh, teach me how to dispel this ghost? So you know what he was, what Ajahn Chah told him, I think it's Ajahn Chah. Those of you who have heard this story and you know the actual uh, master, please let me know, okay? Because I roughly remember it's Ajahn Chah. You know what Ajahn Chah told him? Ajahn Chah said, wow, I have a way to, to, uh, to deal with this ghost. Oh, how? So he said, uh, I will prepare, uh, don't know, like uh, a bag of, uh, you know, like seeds. Don't know what kind of seeds, red bean seed, bean or, or something. Like, huh? uh, and uh, don't ask him to hold on to it, but don't let him count. Yeah. Then he said, ghosts are able to know how many of the beans are there in your hand. So when you dream of the ghost, the ghost come and visit you tonight, you show the hand, but don't open up and ask the ghost, how many beans are there inside? Yeah, just do this. So he said, oh, like that, then what happened? Ah, just do it. Yeah. If it's really a ghost, the ghost will be able to tell you. So he, that night he prepared and then he went to sleep, holding on to the beans. And that night he really dreamed of the ghost. The ghost really come again. So you know what happened? He said, come, you're a ghost. You tell me how many seats there are. The moment he asked him, then the ghost disappeared. <laughs> okay, so strange. Oh. So <laughs> after that, he went to see the Ajahn Chah again. So he said, Hey, it really worked. How come? Uh, how come the ghost disappeared? <laughs> so Ajahn Chah said, Yeah, because you know, the ghost doesn't know. How come the ghost doesn't know? Because you don't know, ma. <laughs> because you don't know how many are inside your hand. <laughs> what? The ghost is inside his mind. <laughs> Uh, a very interesting story. Yeah. Have y'all ever dreamt of ghosts before? Ever dreamt of ghosts before? Mm. Uh, I ever dreamt. Uh, I ever dreamt. I, I ever had a very interesting dream. I dreamt that I was. Uh, I was. Uh, like there was this like, you know, spirit or ghost or monster or something. No? And then um, it was, I think it was trying to attack somebody. So I tried to distract it. Then in there, it come after me. <laughs> yeah. Then I don't know why, you know, I think that day, maybe that period of time, I was a bit, I don't know, hardworking. You know what I did? I started, so it was going to attack me and I think it was, I was with my sister. Then the ghost attack or the spirit attack. And then basically I know I'm going to die already. Then you know what happened? Suddenly I, I, I decided, ah, it's okay. Let me observe my breath. <laughs> yeah, in my dream, I don't know why. Yeah. Then the, the moment I observed my breath, 
Hey, then the, the spirit suddenly take a step back. I can't remember whether it actually actually paid respect or something, you know. Then it just went off. Yeah, very interesting. I heard from another person today, not here. That person also had a similar dream. Yeah, some some spirits or whatever come and want to attack her. Then she, you know what she told her, told that person, that that the spirit, the spirit tried to be intimate with her, you know. Then she said, "Hey, don't touch me. I'm observing the eight precept." No? <laughs> the spirit take a step back, and then bow to her, and then walk, walk. So how how serious are you with your practice? You can you can tell the whole world how good you are, but when you are and your dreamer, yeah, your very natural response. Most people, ma. <laughs> Most people maybe still try to fight, yeah. But wait, don't wait until your death moment, yeah. And even if you don't have such a dream, doesn't matter. You are, when you are awake, are you clear with your practice? Only your practice can help you face death. Yeah, right view and your practice. Oh. Okay, enough of my story. Three o one, Jun Jun. Okay, any questions? Anybody have any questions to ask? Can I ask? So. Because you mentioned that you know, instead of uh, facing our fears about death, we should work on facing on uh, our fears in daily life. So like, I'm just wondering what's the the rationale behind it. Like why why do we work on the daily fears first before uh, that? Uh, yes, thank you for asking. Now for a start, if we cannot even deal with our daily day-to-day fears, then there's little chance of us <laughs> being able to face with the fear of death. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Like if, if like I like to think that your day-to-day problems, uh, which is bigger, death or your day-to-day problem? Maybe for some of us, maybe day-to-day problem is bigger. <laughs> but I think for most people, death would be a bigger problem. You know, bigger thing than the day-to-day issues that you face. Um, so, if that is the case, then learning to deal with our day- day-to-day fears would be um, more important. Even more importantly, if you live your whole life filled with fear, what's the chance that at the point of death you have no fear? Uh, might as well live a fear, fear-free life and then die without fear. Instead of living fear, 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 then hope that the last moment I have no fear. You know what I mean? Uh. So it's like training kind of thing, uh, in a sense. Because mm-hmm. like you're already not scared of like the small things, so like slowly then you will become more okay with the bigger things now. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Shifu. Any thoughts or questions to share? Oh, you know, just now I asked uh, whether Tun raised the, the hand. Actually, it's my cursor. <laughs> and, and I usually make my cursor quite big. So I, when I saw the cursor, I was like, hey, hey, she raised the hand. Oh, actually, it's not that she raised the hand, it's my cursor. So I moved my cursor. Hey, how come I, raised, how come I also raised my hand? <laughs> so perception, uh, perception can cloud our judgment. Doralyn Go asks, uh, dreaming of ghosts chasing after us. Are they our past karmic debtors after us? Oh, this is a very interesting question. Uh, I have two answers for you. One is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't reached the state where I can read people's dream. Yeah, so I really don't know. <clears throat> uh, in the suttas, the Buddha did. Uh, there were a few suttas related to dreams. Uh, it was uh, Venerable Ananda. Yeah, so Venerable Ananda had a few dreams which were very peculiar. So he, when he asked the Buddha, the Buddha said that those dreams are actually um, premonitions of the future. Yeah. One of the dream was he dreamt of a lion uh, with maggots on it. Yeah. And the Buddha interpret, uh, told him that that was uh, a vision of the future. The lion represents the, the Buddha sasana. Yeah. That means Buddhism. We call Buddhism today, not in the Sutta, usually called Buddha Sasana. That means the, the body of, of teachings that the Buddha has given. No? Uh, and the, the maggots yeah, represents those who uh, are, are so called Buddhists, yeah? uh, but actually not practicing the Dharma. And it is they. Uh, who will corrupt the Dharma and who will destroy the, the Dharma from inside out. Yeah. So maggots, maggots eat, start eating from inside out. Yeah. Maggots are not from outside in. Uh. It, it, it hatched inside and then it its way out. Yeah. So the Buddha said, Buddhism will decline in that way. Because the Dharma is the truth, it cannot be destroyed by other teachings. It's only when um, Buddhists don't learn the true teaching or there are those who uh, purposely infiltrate into the Dharma and then twist the teachings, corrupt the teachings, yeah, either willfully or you know, out of delusion, they think this is the correct one. And it is hard this way that the Dharma gets corrupted and destroyed. As to when we dream of ghosts, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think there are a lot of masters who give different interpretations to it. Yeah, what I usually uh, would want to ask people is, how do you feel when you have such a dream, Dorilin? Ah, is it Dorilin? So far, so far, I don't have such dream yet. Right? 
Sorry. So far, I don't have such dream yet. Oh, oh so you haven't have such dream. You are just preemptively asking. Okay. Sorry, Shifu. Don't mind repeating. Huh? How I was saying say? I, I don't have such dream yet. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh so is it that is it our past karmic debtors coming after us? Uh not necessarily, yeah. Uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Sometimes it's our perhaps our fear of other things, and then you know our mind project it out as a form of a ghost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But let's say, let's say, uh, let's say if it's our coming debtor coming after us, and then in our dream appear to be coming after us, then what should we do? Uh, so then it should remind us, oh, let me practice the Dharma properly, and then I do dedication to you. Yeah. Uh, so then, then this kind of dream become a good, become an auspicious dream. Yeah. If you <clears throat> if you dream of ghosts chasing after you, and then you are just filled with fear, and because of fear, then you go and ask this medium, ask that. I say medium doesn't mean Taoist medium, but it can be Amoman, uh, go and ask tarot card, uh, you know. Then <clears throat> when you when you approach in this way, easy for you to go all over the place. Easy for us to become um, taken advantage of. Because when you have a lot of fear, then you are ready to try anything. You know? uh, or then easy for somebody to just tell you, oh, wow, yesterday I had a dream also. I knew today you are going to come. <laughs> oh, then you, wow, how do you know? Don't ask me. This one, secret. <laughs> uh, then anything is very easy to get con. Uh, very easy to get con. Yeah. Rather, I would say, if you dream of scary dreams, then you ask yourself, uh, maybe, maybe your, uh, your practices have not been very up to date. Yeah. Uh, keep up your practice. Yeah. And then observe your five precepts well, and then do dedication. Uh, then, then the dream becomes auspicious. Then you don't have to worry. Okay. Thank you, sir. For anybody else, Alison asked during a meditation retreat, what should we do if we dream of the death of someone that we know? How to overcome this uneasy feeling? Uh, well, I have ever dreamt of my parents passing away, as I've told you all before. Uh, and I myself, I cry in the dream until I wake up with tears and I'm still sobbing away. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I tend to be, uh, I tend to just look for the simplest solution. Uh. Yeah. So when I was in the US, I called back, I arranged for, for a call. 
And then I talked to my mom and I told her I dreamt of uh, Papa passing away. That was many years back. Or sometimes uh, there, were, there was also occasion I dreamt of her passing away. So I would just call them and ask whether they are okay. Yeah. Uh, this works for me because by talking to them and knowing that they are okay, then it, that, that settles it. Uh, that settles it. Uh, but sometimes I think when we have such dreams, it also reflects on our own fear more than their state. Yeah. Unless you are those who your dreams really come true. Yeah. I know of someone, I won't tell you who, but I know of someone who is very close to me. Uh, she will, her dreams are like super accurate. Yeah. She dreamed of someone passing away within the next few days or something, that person really passed away. Uh, so unless you have a history of such uh, kind of dreams, yeah, in which case, also nothing to be afraid, <laughs> right? If it's confirmed, then nothing to be afraid as well. It's confirmed, then you basically, you can, if the person is okay to let you tell, her, tell him or her, then just tell the person, Hey, uncle, by the way, I dreamt that you're going to pass away. So maybe you can start preparation now. But of course, <laughs> not everybody is okay with that, right? What about if it's our parents? Yeah. Uh, to me, the, the tricky part is when it's someone very dear to us. Yeah. What if it's our parents? What if it's your boyfriend? What if you dream Sifu pass away? Uh, in case if you have this magical power, hey, then give me a call. Uh, uh, or send me a text, let me know, Sifu. So far, 99% of those whom I dreamt of passed away. Last night, I dreamt you passed away, usually within three days. Or that, okay, can no problem. I go and do preparation. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the trouble is the uneasy feeling. Why do we have uneasy feeling? Uh, you dream that your mom passed away. That's why we feel uneasy, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my mama. Or oh, you dream that my mom passed away. Oh, that day I actually dreamt of my mama and we were deciding where to put her, you know? Yeah, so maybe my mom is going to pass away. Who knows? Huh? Mama, are you prepared? Ready or not? Are you ready? Uh, she said she not her head. Ready. Yeah. I think for her shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Maybe her trouble is don't know which which of the pure land to go. Because she chant so many different sutras. <laughs> uh, later overcrowded. All the Buddhas turn up. Hey, huh? We're also here to pick up. I, I got a I got a message today supposed to pick up. <laughs> you know, like, like you you order grab la, then you also order <clears throat> go jack la, then two cars come at the same time, then you eight hey, which one to take. But if that happens, that's a happy problem. La. Yeah. But talking about which the other day I really dreamt la. Yeah. Just the other day. I just had a dream. Yeah. Huh? So, Alma, feeling okay or not? Uh, maybe everything's settled, then you're ready to go. 
<laughs> oh, don't 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 talk anymore. My sister holding like that already. Yeah. She said no, no. <laughs> and now she's faking a laugh. Yeah, trying to laugh and then squeeze her tears back. No. <laughs> Uh, it's normal uh, uh, to feel uneasy. Uh, my mom is 74. Is it 74? Huh? Uh, they say 74, 79. Uh, these are the different age. Uh, got the got the app. <laughs> huh? Correct or not? Or is it for men? So women is what? Cannot hear you, Leng. Why? Uh? Is it because I muted everybody? Huh? Lama cannot hear you. Ah, can, you hear? can you? Yeah. Can so for women, what is the age? Our is two and five, eight. Two, five, eight. Yeah. So 72, 75, 78. Yeah. Then 82, 85, 88. Yeah. Uh, like that one. Uh? Yeah. For men, uh, three, six, three, six, nine. Three, six, six. nine. Sound like out. Oh, <laughs> women is two, five, eight. Women is three, six, nine. Yeah. <laughs> also, this year I don't have to worry because 48. <laughs> I can go and knock my head in the, in the wall. Then later go to the hospital, doctor. Why are you here again? <laughs> You think you're very free? No, I just want to test out the hypothesis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I think the this topic has yes, this other part. Sometimes it's not our own death that we, are, we have fear. Sometimes it's Many times it is the fear of the death of a loved one. Yeah. Fear of the death of a loved one. Yeah. Uh, so how? I have to reflect every day. Yeah. That life itself is actually uncertain. Death is also uncertain. Death will definitely happen, but it's uncertain because you don't know when it will happen. Yeah. Uh, Ma, you, you know when you're going to go? I know. Uh, huh? you, you know? Uh? I will know. You will know? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's a. Uh, uh, you got cancer, is it? How come you know? Uh, anyway, you you all, you all listen lah. Uh, 
<laughs> we are we are live, ah. Do I need help setting? Yeah, but huh? You all wish to know, lah. I tell you, ah, human beings are full of paradox, ah. On one hand, we feel like, yeah, how I wish I know when, but really, that you know, you also, what can you do? The moment you can know, it means it's fixed. If it's fixed, you cannot do anything. If you don't know, then you also cannot do anything. Either way, you cannot do anything. That's the nature of our life. Anatta, no self, not within our control. That is the reality that the Buddha has realized, has seen. Until we realize this, we will have some fear. The question is how to face it. Either you overcome it by attaining enlightenment, then no more fear, completely zero fear, or you deal with the fear. Yeah. How to deal with the fear? Uh, make sure that after dying, your future is assured. Uh, this is another way. Uh, this is in a way mitigating the fear. Yeah. By removing the reasons for your fear, then you have no more fear. In our case of our family members, yeah, uh, it takes a, a very um, deep reflection on ourselves. It boils down to our attachment to them. Like for example, some students ask me, "Sifu, do you know, uh, or?" Are we able to know where my father has gone to, where my mother has gone to? Question is, if I tell you, will you be okay? Number one, will you believe? And if you believe, then will you be okay? You'll still not be okay, isn't it? Right? Maybe less not okay, but still not okay. Why? Because number one. Our confidence is not quite there. So having confidence in the teachings of karma is important. Yeah, that wherever your loved one is reborn in, it is in accordance to the merits of your loved ones. Won't get shortchanged. And my teacher always highlight this. Woman, zao de er, zao de san. <laughs> yeah. The merits and demerits we have done, you won't be shortchanged. Have confidence in that. And that's why if you look at all the teachings, the focus is on making sure that you do what you need to do. Do the wholesome deeds, yeah? do the practices. Yeah. Then your future is assured. Then you don't have to worry about the future. Last thing I want to touch on, fear of our loved ones passing. Uh, again, I prefer to take a more proactive step. Don't wait until your father or mother pass away. Then you cry. Then you celebrate Ulam Bana. <laughs> uh, then you, you, you fold paper money. When they are alive, give them real money. Unless they are having gambling addict addiction okay if they don't have gambling addiction or they are not having dementia 
yeah, or they are having dementia, if they have gambling addiction or they have dementia, maybe not so safe to give them money. Yeah. Otherwise, when they are alive, give them what they need. But important thing, uh, don't just take money and throw at them. Uh. <laughs> don't just give them credit card and say, nah, uh, give, give you a sub card. And then after that, your 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 daughter, your mother asks you, uh, yeah, hey, my shoe huh, a bit worn out. Are you free this weekend? Uh? Ah, I really give you some card, right? You just go shopping by yourself, lah. You just order yourself. No. Take the time. Of course, nowadays cannot really go shopping also. Uh. Uh, but don't give yourself the excuse. In due time, when the the measures are lifted, spend time with your father, spend time with your mother while they are alive. Don't, don't think that, oh, it must be bringing them to some wow, super fancy restaurant, must eat like that one, must go upside down. No. Huh? Uh, well, it's some special, super special. No need. When your mother go to the market, accompany her to the market. Yeah. You can count the number of days, number of times you can spend, your, spend with your mother, you know, to go to the market. <clears throat> yeah, seriously, the Buddha in one of the sutta counted, saying he knows how many, uh, how many lunch, um, how many breakfast, lunch, and dinner a person living up to, uh, don't know, eighty years of age or hundred years of age will actually have. How many more uh, cold season, uh, hot season, wet season? Well, a person experience. Yeah. If you reflect in this way, then it's not about death anymore. It's about how you're going to live your life with your parents, with your loved ones, to really appreciate them. To me, that's more meaningful. And if you can live your life in this way, then, then death, you have no regrets. You have no fear. You have no fear that, oh, you, you cannot do anything for them. Anymore. Because you know that while they are alive, you have done your duty, you have done what you want to do, not just as a duty, but what you want to do for them. And you have seen them smile. You have brought a smile to their face. You know, you have brought joy to their life. You have spent time with them. I think if we do that, then we have little regrets for death. We will have little reasons to have fear for death as well. Shishang